getting real with women who inspire us. The three of us together have a lot of experience discussing real issues that affect real women. Now, we're giving you a chance to actually hear how we talk about the topics in the newsroom behind the scenes here on the Oklahoma Women Want to Know podcast. On this episode of Oklahoma Women Want to Know, we're talking about comedy to a local comedian. I think all three of us hosts on this podcast are actually pretty funny, but the thought of getting up and doing stand-up in front of a live audience is terrifying. Not only do you have to worry about not being funny, but these days you also have to think about who are you going to offend or what are you going to say that's going to come back to haunt you? So Chrissy's going to tell us what it's like to stand up there, how she gets her material. We'll have her introduce herself in just a moment. But first, I'm April Hill and I am the news director here at 1023 KRMG, Tulsa's News and Talk. I'm Jen Townley and I'm co-host for the KRMG Morning News with Dan Potter. And we're missing Crystal Kelly. She's out on vacation. She's actually probably, of the three of us, she's probably the funniest. She uh, has me hysterical 24-7 with her texts and (laughs) her comments. She's very funny. So we're going to miss her. I hate that she's not here for this one, but anyway. Okay, so Chrissy, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. You're from... Well, originally Kansas, but... I'm, yeah, originally from Kansas. I'm Chrissy Isles, and I am actually relatively new to the official stand-up comedian community here, but I've been funny my whole life. Just ask anybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. obviously, this is such a perfect fit. When I figured out that you were doing comedy, I was like, duh. Yeah, I had been told forever that I should do it, um, but, you know, like you said, it is a little nerve-wracking to get in front of a bunch of people that you don't know and try to be funny. Um But I was driving one day to take my granddaughter somewhere and a friend of mine who owns a theater with a comedy club in it said, hey, I'm going to host on such and such date and I want you to do a set. And I said, you mean like an actual get up there stand up comedy set? And he said, yeah. And I said, okay. Um, He goes, no, you are doing it. I was just going to be nice and ask, but you're going to do it. I was like, okay. (laughs) And I said, so how long? He said, well, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And I was like, oh, okay, no problem. Well, later on after that, I found out that when you start comedy, you just start with three to five minutes. Oh. But I did. I did a full 10 my first time. And so I, and I, the night of my first show, I, two of the very seasoned comics on it were like, oh, this is your first show? And I said, yeah. I mean, like, I'm, I'm scared. And they're like, you're going to be great. And after the fact, Casey said, we plan for you to bail at three minutes. When you said you were doing 10, we're like, no way. And they were ready to go and cover my slack, but he goes, you did it. And I would have gone 15 if I would have remembered to take a breath in between anything I said. (laughs) After I watched it back, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know how I didn't pass out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. How how did you get started with this and... Is there any, did you have any training? I didn't. And I've actually gone retroactive and gone to a lot of the local, the vets and said, hey, help me. Because I had to write a bunch of new stuff for the show I did on Friday because it was a family friendly show. And I just wanted to make sure that I kind of knew I was doing it right. Um, The feedback I'm getting from everybody, I'm obviously doing it right. I'm funny and people like me and it's just, it's working well. But but to get into it, Gene just kind of threw me in there, gave me an awesome opportunity and I will be forever grateful. But my, my childhood was anything but conventional. I mean, seriously, I'm the oldest living person with my very rare heart condition. So I've always had to kind of, like, I was always trying to explain this ugly scar. And so I've always just kind of used humor to deal with everything that's thrown my way. 
And so I've always just been funny. So it kind of just naturally evolved into this, I guess. So... When, how do you come up with material? Like, where does this all come from? Because you, you have to have a plan, mm-hmm. yeah. at least going in. Right. Well, and the plan is my life. My life is hilariously chaotic, funny. I mean, I'm uh, a month and a half away from being 50, and two and a half years ago, I got to raise my, at then that point, three-year-old granddaughter, and that was really exhausting. And so... And she provides me a ton of material too. I'm just going to say, I'm basically her agent right now. I bet. <laughs> yeah, but she's adorable. She looks like Shirley Temple. She's just the cutest little thing, blonde, little ringlet curls. Yeah, she's, she's very, it's very deceiving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she, I have a four year old. I get it. Yes, she and she has her moments, but she does. She provides me a lot of material. My family, my just my life has been pretty interesting and funny, and so I just kind of roll with that. But um, but now everything's material. I was on a flight to Florida um, in September, super excited to get away from that set little beautiful five-year-old <laughs> and everything here. And our flight, the person loading the the stuff that they take from you that's too big at the gate, mm-hmm. um, they hit the baggage thing and broke our plane. And so we're waiting for them to repair it. And everybody there is freaking out. And I am literally just writing stuff down. I'm like, this is going to be funny later. This is going to be really funny later. And so everything becomes material. Uh, the eyelash vending machine at the mall is a highlight in my set now. It's Wait. real. It's real. <laughs> April just got really excited. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I was like, I did not just see what I saw. And I did, and it. But I, I wrote that in. So everything's just kind of becoming material. Um, it makes it nice when you run into a bad situation and be like, I'm going to turn this around and uh, make it funny. So. You said your parents were at your first set. Yeah. Did you have jokes about them, and were you worried about telling jokes about them in front Actually, of them? Actually, yes. Um, and that's why I think and I told you I'm getting dubbed as the wholesome comic. My parents were at my first and second show, and so I really didn't want written out of the will. So I was pretty nice. Um, but I and my mom will tell you I joke a lot about my mom, but my mom's given me a wealth of material. But I did tell them at dinner last night that I'm working on some stuff about my dad just to even it out. Um, but I do have a joke in there. Like I got pregnant with my oldest daughter when I was 17. And and this is a true story. When I told my parents I was pregnant, my dad spanked me. <laughs> oh my gosh. And so that makes it into my set. And then I joke and I say, calm down, dad. That's how I got in this mess. <laughs> um, but uh, so they handle it really well. My mom kind of feels like I, um, not attack her, but I use her stuff uh, a little bit more. But to be fair, she just gives me a lot of material and she keeps on doing it. So it's the gift that keeps on giving. It you is. Know, I'm it Jewish. Is. And oh. when, when you smack them for good luck, like oh. when something pivotal happens right. in your life, you get a smack. Oh, wow. So that could have been a good luck smack good luck, that yeah, you well, got. Not a punishment one. There you go. I could look at it that way. Yeah. But when, when Lacey called all those years later when she was pregnant with my now 19-year-old nephew, I said, well, you better get home because you have a spanking coming. <laughs> so get here. Now, do you worry about saying something offensive? I mean, Comedians now. I mean, I just watched uh, Ricky Gervais's stand-up yesterday, mm-hmm. and they're calling for him to be canceled because of his Make-A-Wish jokes. Do you think about that when you're writing? I do, and I I have really quickly discovered that there's kind of different genres of comedy. Um, we have a group of um, comics here that are incredibly funny, but they're edgy. They call them dark 
humor and they kind of, they preface their shows of this is a don't, you can't say that show or dark humor and whatnot. And that probably won't ever be my genre just because I am. So I'm so non-confrontational, which is hard for a comic. Yeah. Um, so which leads to me not being good at crowd work yet. But, um, but yeah, I worry about that. I've changed a few things in some of the things I've said. Um, but I honestly think comedy is exactly that. It's comedy. You walk in never knowing what you're going to hear. And if you don't go in with your, I'm offended at everything, you're going to have a lot better of time. But yeah, it is hard. And especially now, because you have some of these famous people that have been famous forever, they say one thing behind closed doors most of the time. And then now they're never be listened to again. So it's unfortunate. But I probably won't ever cross that line just because of the fear of confrontation. But I think there's a place for it in comedy. So the... uh I guess it was two years ago now or almost two years when Chris Rock, which Mm -hmm. show was he hosting when he made a joke about Jada Pinkett Smith Mm -hmm. and we all know Will Will yelled from the audience and he walked up on the stage and he just smacked him right Right. in the face. And and he was like, I'm a comic. We're saying we're just trying to be funny and... I mean, that's what you, and when they're famous people too. When you're famous, you kind of lose a little bit of your- exactly. uh, Anonymity. Yeah. yeah. So I, when you're you're going to be picked on, you know, it's the award show. So all of the people who are being featured there were going to be picked on. Yeah. And and, and he was shocked that right. he got smacked in the face the for smack a joke. The was heard around the world. Yes. Yeah. Right. We said that on the morning show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I, um, I've watched shows where people have literally walked out. Um, shows that were marketed as a edgy humor show, like don't come if you easily get offended and then they still left. So I've seen that from the stage. I haven't had that happen yet. I mean, I'm sure I've walked somebody just from not being funny in that moment, but I don't think I've offended anybody Yet it's early. I actually have my very first show where we're doing a little bit of a roast towards the end um, with audience members. So that'll be interesting because, like I said, I mean, I'll I'll make fun of you all day long, just not to your face. Well, and certain um, there are certain comedians that I just don't like what mm-hmm. they say, and I just don't watch it. Kathy Griffin is one person. She's she does mean comedy, right? And it makes me uncomfortable, so I just don't watch it. Exactly. Yeah. And I have that, like, I am across the board just a nice person, typically. So that isn't my style of comedy. And that's why there are so many different styles. I'm definitely more of a fortune feemster. Um, Nate Bargatze is one of my favorites. I like his dry humor, but he's not mean. And um, when I get asked all the time, like, who, which comedians do you like, which do you not? I get a lot of flack from the comedy community because the one that I don't like at all, and I never have, he's not around anymore, is one of the most revered comics in the group. I'm not a George Carlin fan. I've never been a George mm-hmm. Carlin fan. Um, his is the only show I've ever actually walked out of. Oh, wow. And I just, and I probably back then was a little bit more easily offended because I was in that era of my life. But um, I just, I didn't like a lot of what he was saying and I just walked out. Um, Now I would look at it a little bit more objectively and remember it's comedy. We're just trying to have some fun here. Um, But yeah, not everybody's for everybody kind of thing. What about hecklers? Do you get any hecklers? So far I have it. But again, it's because I really don't open up myself for that. Like my material doesn't leak. I don't take a breath in between what I'm saying is what I'm saying. Um, so they don't get a word in edgewise, just like my sisters. But um, I 
haven't had that, but I'm sure I will. Um, I've had a room of dead silence, which oh. I think is worse. Oh, what yeah. was that like? That- it was tough. Um, first of all, it wasn't a very well attended show. And I was kind of the odd man out. I was on a show that I, I didn't fit with anybody else up there. I don't really know how it happened, but um, they wanted to include me, which I always like to be included. So I was like, yes, of course I'll do it. I didn't think ahead. And I um, I would say something and then nothing. And I'm like, okay, this is going to go great. So after that uh, seven minutes, I was like, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> but I heard that's just part of it. And you just have to learn to recover and go. But I would have much rather had hecklers that night because then there would have been some noise from the crowd. I mean, that but, takes some thick skin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly, it's funny because you would think most comedians are these thick skin, nothing gets to you kind of people, but um, I've made some amazing friends in this community already, and I will tell you, they're a bunch of babies. No, I'm just <laughs> no offense, guys, but so, no. Tell us about the local communities. Comedy, you feel like it's big here? Oh my or? gosh, we have so much talent here. I mean, Tulsa is very, very fortunate. Um, this whole Metro, we've got some of the best comics I've actually ever heard. Um, you've got like Katie Styles and Casey Mountino and David Bates and all these amazing comics that Spencer Mills, he's from Claremore. He's hilarious. I mean, there's so many, I mean, like it just goes on and on and I would spend the rest of the time just saying their names, but, um, Tulsa Comedy on uh, Tulsa Comedy Today on Facebook, and there's a quite Comedy Rejects. There's a whole bunch of communities where you can find all the local people. Um, Evan Hughes, who's basically like Tulsa's like beloved little underground mayor, he does comedy shows all over. But our comedy community here is, I honestly, it's unrivaled in a city of our size. If you ask me, well, and the show's like Ron White. You can't get tickets to see him on New Year's Eve. I tried. All, it seems I saw like, him in Monroe when we lived in Louisiana. He came and we went and saw him but there. But the, if there's a comedian who, they'll, they'll sell out to be okay. Yeah. Comedy is a big thing here. And honestly, there's never a Friday or Saturday night in our in our town that you can't find a show. Um, and they're all throughout the week. Um, go Comedy, Go Laugh in Broken Arrow, uh, uh, the Looney Bin here in Tulsa. We now have Bricktown Comedy, but there's a lot of venues like the Vanguard does comedy. Uh, Canes has local comedy. I mean, it's going on all the time around here. So, um, and that's my biggest thing is like for $10, most of the time is what the tickets cost to see a local comic. And there's usually like four or five of us on a show. And you can't beat that because if you're going to the BOK or you're going to one of the bigger arenas, you're paying upwards of 30 to $40, which I still do that. I still go see my favorite comics when they come to town. And if Nate would quit coming during uh, fall break, that'd be great because I miss him every time he comes. But um, but there's so much talent in this community. So much talent. I've never even heard of that spot in BA. I didn't yeah. know they had one. Yeah, it's out at the, um, well, everybody that grew up in Broken Arrow remembers the Cinemark Theater that was out there. It's now owned by a local couple. Um, they own the theater. It's called Go, spelled G-E-A-X-U, like a like um, Louisiana, because like it's at New Orleans yeah. Square. Um, they own the theater, which still runs movies, but inside of it, they have a comedy club called Go Laugh. Okay. 
I did know that was there. Yeah. I just didn't know what it was called. Yeah. I've, I've been wanting to go see one of your shows. Yeah. I haven't been yet. I've I've done out there quite a bit. I'm starting to get around other places. I got to do a don't tell comedy show um, in Kansas City because I did just do um, a little road trip. I did th- three shows up in Kansas City, which was really fun. One of them was a don't tell show, which we have those here. It's a national pop-up thing, kind of like a speakeasy comedy. Um, you'll get, you'll find a notification and it'll say, don't tell comedy. You know the time of the show and the date when you buy your ticket. That's it. And then the day of the show, you get an email with the location of the show and any other pertinent details that you Hmm. might need to know, except who's on the show. So then when you get there, that's who you find out who your comics are that night. So it's, it's quite a bit of fun. And I got to do that in Kansas City and it was a blast. So... That'd yeah. be fun. I'd like to go up there and see one of those shows. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it was a neat little experience, and and I'll do more of those hopefully this year in def- different areas. But and we do have those here. Um, they had one here the same night I was doing that in Kansas City, though. So, do there is there any amateur nights in Tulsa where people who are just mm-hmm. wanting to give Absolutely. it a go? Yeah, we have a lot of open mic nights. Uh, Looney Bin and Bricktown both run their open mic nights on Wednesday. Um, then Go Laugh has theirs on Thursday. Um, the Starlight Lounge does one, and I'm going to get my nights. Raising the five-year-old and having to be home limits when I can go to all these. But, I mean, they have them all over Starlight. Um, Sesh Lounge had them, but I don't think they're doing that. Hunt Club does theirs later on Wednesday. Um, but there are quite a few open mic nights in Tulsa, um, enough that if you have any desire, come out it's a three minute, three to five minute set. Just put something together, give it a go. That's one thing I will say about the comedy community. They are one of the most supportive communities I've ever been a part of. I mean, they show up, we show up to other people, other comic shows that we're not on. You support each other. And open mic night becomes kind of this, um, kind of like a pep rally. You're good at this. Oh, maybe you could work on this. And that's, they're very helpful too, which, so definitely if you have any interest, find an open mic night, get out, have some fun. If nothing else, you'll laugh really hard at some of our nonsense. So that's good. If you were going to do, um, a show where you were going to get a little bit edgier and get Mm -hmm. out of your box a little bit, are there certain issues that you would say, I'm not touching that or okay, yeah, I've been really wanting to do something on this. Yeah, um, so when I do start to get edgy, because um, I've had done it a couple times, all of my the five-year-old, um, we went through a really tough um, parenting stage with her. She's decided she was going to cuss like a full-grown sailor. And so that was fun in public. So I, I like, and I can use adult words when I do that. Um, but there are, the things I won't touch are politics. That's just not my thing. I don't know enough about him to even be funny, educated or funny. So I wouldn't touch that. I don't want to. And, um, the other thing is I'm not, I'm never going to make fun of, um, any specific, um, group of people just because I love everybody. And so I would never want anybody to feel bad about who they were or how they lived or what they did. So, I mean, I'm pretty easy going on that, but as far as what I'll do, I I have this whole bit and I cannot wait to use it and it would kill in my little tiny hometown. But, um, I have two very vastly different group of grandparents. My dad's grandparents, my dad's parents were super like 
wholesome and she was the head of every FFA thing and all this stuff. But my dad was born in Hawaii. So we grew up, I could hula before I could hokey pokey. And um, (laughs) there were pineapples all over that house. Well, now, you know, that's the thing. Well, now my mom's parents were legendary in my small town for their key parties and all of their wild antics and everybody knows them. So I have this little racy joke about how I I grew up learning to be a newswander in the streets and a Hutchins in the sheets kind of thing. And <laughs> oh my goodness. So so I have a Jim's whole bit blushing. on that. So <laughs> so now, but okay, so you say that comedians go to other comedian shows, mm-hmm. but comedians are so particular about their material exactly. and other people stealing that. I actually got yelled at by a comic here. I was Why? at a show, we were at Scott Fest, and I had my recorder. And I was just recording a few seconds so we could use it on the morning show the next day Mm -hmm, just for for that sound. Yeah. Yeah. And he figured out that I was recording him and got so angry because he thought I was going to record him and then go release the material, maybe post it on YouTube somewhere. Oh, don't flatter yourself. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. We, um, everybody is very protective of their stuff. That's one of the benefits that I have that almost 90% of my material is my life. So, I mean, yes, I guess somebody could take it and run with it. But so far, overall, I would say 98% of the people I have met in this community really um, just work off their own stuff. We don't really have a huge problem of that in Tulsa. Everybody seems to be pretty respectful, but they are very protective. I had um, someone at one of the shows I hosted uh Record. He was recording for Go and then for us to get sound bites. And two of the comics came and said, what are you doing with that? And I said, it is for mine, only my use. If you want your set, I'll make sure you get it. But I would never do anything with yours. Um, but it is a, it's a respect thing. And you really have to... Um, it has to become your integrity as a human not to take something that doesn't belong to you. Don't use someone else's material. But you'll find a lot of the comics have kind of the same thing, but it's their own spin on it. Because I have a couple of comics that they're really good friends of mine. They both do a joke about being ghosted. And it's very similar, but it's from their own perspective. So you have a little bit of leeway with that. But um, but yeah, it's a very protective community. Don't steal other people's material. Which um, you can't do anyway. Right. And, and it's hard because you'll find there a comic in town and I respect um, her so much, but she said, I, I've stopped watching a lot of like professional comedy um, shows because I don't want ever to be accused of actually having taken someone else's material. Yeah. And so um, I respect that. I still watch him because I'm still trying to learn my timing. I do go too fast. Someone's like, you don't, I do. I talk really fast. I've always talked really fast. I'm one of three girls. And if I wanted to get a word in edgewise, mm-hmm. I just couldn't take a breath because then one of them sister. take it over. So, <laughs> I know. So I still watch just to get that, just to watch their comfortability on stage. Um, I'm all over the place with my hands, as you've seen. I've almost knocked my coffee over seven times. But um, <laughs> that was that noise you heard not yeah, too long ago. Yeah, yeah, that's me. <laughs> um, but so they are protective of their stuff. But again, I'm just blown away by our community here because most of them, all of them that I've encountered, really run with their own stuff. And that's something I'm proud of my material. I wouldn't want anybody to take it, so I would never take theirs. I mean, so. we're journalists. Same thing with Same us. Same thing with mm-hmm. us, yes. And and it's, I mean, plagiarizing. If you're mm-hmm. if you're an author, if you're doing a book report, you can't just take mm-hmm. other people's work. Stuff. A speech. So what happens, everyone who, 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 all these comedians, you're all funny, 
to, to a point. But there's got to be a point where someone's going to bomb. So you guys oh, are yeah. all supporting each other. So say someone gets up on stage and they do their bit and they think that they're hysterical and all of you are like, it's not funny. Right. Like, are you honest with each other? Do you, what do you say? Like, dude, that just wasn't funny. Yeah. Um, I think so. Now, I will say this, that day that I had nobody really laughing, I had a couple of the locals there that were just there to kind of support all the rest of us. And I will be forever grateful because they laughed at everything. Um, And we will do that for each other. But there's this line that I have a couple that reach out to me all the time. They're like, hey, do you want a little bit? And I will ask for help. I'm like, how can I make this better? But um, they'll help each other. Sometimes there's some unsolicited advice and it's ill-received. We've had a couple of guys be like, I'm not doing shows together because he will try to correct my stuff and um, or tell me how to be funny. Correct your um, stuff. How does he know how to correct? Exactly. Um, <laughs> I would do it like this, kind of like my husband does that to me all the time. He's like, uh, maybe you should. I'm like, <laughs> well, hold on here. <laughs> I'm the comic. You just sit down. But um, but yeah, so they do try to help each other out. But most of the time we ask, like that fell flat. What would you do better? We know when we haven't done well. Trust me. We know when we haven't done well. Um. It's an, it's an instant gratification thing. You know if you're performing well based on the, on the crowd. But every once in a while, you just get a crowd that's not a comedy crowd. They should not come to comedy because they make our jobs hard. But if you go to a comedy show, please just laugh, people. That's what you're there to do. Have some fun. Let go. But we do help each other. And it, most of the time, it is very well received. I find um, you were talking about how you don't like to make fun of other people and, and you know, and that's how yeah. you feel. I, I do say, though, that when it's a comedian who makes fun of everybody, including themselves, mm-hmm. I feel like th- then I'm like, OK, well, this is funny. Like, I don't mind that they made fun of me because they're making fun of themselves, too. But I feel like you got to be open for that. Oh, yeah. When you're going to watch comedy, because it gets kind of rough sometimes. Right, exactly. And I'm really, really good at making fun of myself up there. I have a lot of jokes at my own expense. But um, but yeah, I mean, if they're willing to throw themselves under the bus before they throw a whole bunch of other people under the bus, it's much more well-received. Okay, so tell us or tell everybody where they can find you. What you have any upcoming shows? Or? I do, and I was looking at them. I know I've got one coming up in uh, Claremore. Um Let's see. It is the, I get my two dates mixed up. So let me make sure. Um, You can always find out anything that I'm doing at Chrissy Isles, I-L-E-S comedy on Facebook and Instagram. Um, Don't check out my TikTok. I'm embarrassing on there. Um, So I've got a show on. (laughs) Now we're going to all have to check out our TikTok. Uh, January 20th in Claremore at the VFW. Um, And that, our lineup on that show is amazing. Um, a young newcomer here, Isaiah Blue, is on that. That kid should have never have gone to college. He should have just done comedy. He's hilarious. Um, but Spencer Mills that I mentioned is on that show. Katie Styles, um, Brian Dixon, who my husband has known for years in the pro wrestling venue, and now Brian does comedy. And then Garrett Barbie. So that's going to be a really good show. That's the one that has the roast at the end where we'll get to roast some members of the audience. We're raising money for charity. So that'll be my first official roast. And then um, 
uh, there, a show in Cleveland, Oklahoma. I was like, Cleveland, yes, another road show. And then I realized, oh, Oklahoma, not that Thank far. Thank you, Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. But Katie's on that show with me too, and Brian, and then uh, Preston Sly, who's another one of those that I love so much, and that's um, Casey's show. So I'm pretty excited about those two shows. And then got one coming up on February 9th in Broken Arrow at Go Laugh. And that's the night before my big 50th birthday party. So um, I should be ready just to just to let it all out. It'll be so. good. Okay. That'll be fun. <clears throat> thank but, you for coming yeah, in. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. And thanks for supporting the local comedy community. Um, they are dear to me and they need to be seen because they're hilarious. All right, go support local comedy. I'm all about it. And we will see you next time here on the Oklahoma Women Want to Know podcast. Make sure you hit subscribe. Thank you for joining us once again on Oklahoma Women Want to Know. Tune in each Wednesday at 5 a.m. for the latest episode. And don't forget to drop us a review. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.